It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Thursday, October 8th, and there's been a lot of updates with COVID-19 in the NFL. The Titans have been caught with their hand in the COVID jar. I'll get into what all happened, breaking down the details and what it might mean for the Titans and the Steelers moving forward. But then it's crossover Thursday, and we've got our friend, from Locked On Eagles, Louis DiBiase. He's going to be talking with us about the matchup. We're going to go offense versus defense on both sides, back-to-back segments. It's going to be a fun one. Get ready and tune in for the show. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and it's and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's get into it. Alright everybody, it's the Thursday edition of the show. We got lots to talk about here. So, there's... It's, a t- it's tough to put this timeline together. Re- quick recap on the Titans situation. We know that they forced the Steelers game to be postponed because they couldn't get their ish together when it came to COVID-19. Several players kept testing positive. They tested positive all the way through Sunday, and then finally they had their first day of not testing of a new player not testing positive. And the, then the NFL said, okay, at least that's done. We can move forward. We can we, we can you know handle this situation. And then yesterday happened. Two more players tested positive for COVID-19, and that prompted an investigation first reported by Tom Pelissorio, who said that the NFL was investigating the Tennessee Titans for for basically just violating the COVID-19 protocols. Now, of course, this comes after just a couple days after uh, Roger Goodell released a memo saying, hey, uh, you're, you know, if, if you guys keep this up, it's forfeit time. Like, you know, you know, if the penalties are fines, then draft picks, then forfeit. And uh, so that, that investigation comes out, and quickly this investigation turns out some results. There is a picture of the Tennessee Titans practicing, not this past Wednesday, but two Wednesdays ago, the Wednesday on the week of that they were supposed to play the Steelers, practicing together outside of their facility. For those who don't remember... The Titans, once their first players tested positive on Tuesday, were ordered to close their facilities down and to start working on working from Zoom and practicing and, and, and practicing together that way virtually so they can get their stuff together and then practice on the weekend if they had a chance to do that. They weren't doing that. They were practicing on at, at their own at another field somewhere, and there are now pictures to prove it, one of them being their starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. 
And that has started a firestorm because now people are talking and they're looking at the situation and they're saying, hey, what's going on here? Because the NFL made clear directives that in this protocol, when your team's in quarantine, you're supposed to quarantine and stay away from each other so that they can contain coronavirus, contain COVID-19, get you guys back on the field, and then make sure that the league is ready again. So now this shows that the Titans just completely and purposefully disregarded the rules here and put the Steelers' schedule in jeopardy, and now the Bills' schedule is in jeopardy because we don't know how long they were practicing off-site. And now you're talking about maybe the Bills game needs to be postponed. And now people are legitimately talking about, hey, because the Titans have done this, is a forfeit going to happen? And yesterday morning, Ben Roethlisberger said uh, said plainly, and I, and I think he's right in doing so, we're getting the short end of the stick. About the, and he's saying that for the Steelers. He's like, you know, you know, we had to move our bye week. We, we got punished for something we didn't do. And now this is the situation, and this is before we he even knew that there was a potential that the Bills or the Bills that the Titans could get into more trouble if the Bills are awarded a forfeited game and the Steelers are forced to play the Titans on the road in Week Seven and then the Bear, the, the Ravens on the road in Week Eight after they come off of a bye and then go on the road for a third week with the Cowboys, they will have been punished for the Titans' mistakes while the Bills have been rewarded. For the Titans mistakes and then I take it back these aren't mistakes these are this is intentional and purposeful purpose recklessness on their part I think that before I was all about hey let's hold off let's let's wait till this investigation happens maybe something didn't happen here. maybe it was just a simple slip up and it just spread because they there was something that happened you know COVID-19 is tough to contain we've seen that across the country but with this this shows all the all that benefit of the doubt is out the window. Forget about it. You blew it. There's no more room for sympathy, no more room for empathy for, for them. It's gone. Throw the book at them. I think that the Titans need to need to be made, made, made an example of so the whole NFL knows this is unacceptable. So that any other team that tries this nonsense is is they, they know what they're up against. And I think if that means forfeiting both games. Maybe that maybe that's what needs to happen there. Um, you know, I you know I look at this game. I think another potential punishment because here's the thing: I don't think forfeiting is a legitimate punishment that's going to happen. I don't think mean legitimate as in it shouldn't happen. I'm saying that it won't happen because the NFL doesn't want to give up that cash. That's those are gains of revenue. That's millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. For every game that, that, that that's played, you're talking about all that ad money, all the all everything that goes into these games. That they don't want to give that up. And these are also big games. The Steelers and the Titans were three and zero coming into this game, to, coming into their game when they were supposed to play. The Bills and the Titans are are still are also undefeated. The Bills are four and zero. Titans still three and zero because they didn't play last week, of course. So now you're talking about two major AFC matchups that you'd have to get rid of. I don't think the NFL is going to do that. What I think the proper thing was, and this is why I said from the door, the NFL should push the Steelers and Titans game to the end of the season and do the same thing with any other games that have to get postponed because of COVID. Put it after week 17. If you're in the playoffs, just treat it like a bye week if you don't have any canceled games to play. And then you could play the Steelers versus the Tex the Titans on, the on that week 18. And then if the Titans have another game like the Bills, you play it on that next game. And then you just build off of that. You push the playoffs back. You push the Super Bowl back. They already have the Super Bowl booked in Raymond James Stadium through April. 
they are ready to handle this and push the Super Bowl back as far as they can. Do that. And I think an appropriate punishment, which wouldn't be the forfeiture of games, I do think draft picks should be in order. I think that the draft picks they should give up and maybe to those teams that they're pun- that are that are that are having to endure this, maybe that. But I think a more appropriate punishment would be those are two home games for the Titans. You lose them. They're gone. And because we pushed them back far enough, both teams can now plan to host those games where they normally wouldn't have. This means the Steelers would get a ninth game at Heinz Field. The Bills would get a ninth game at their stadium. It's not Ralph Woods' Wilson Stadium anymore, I believe, so I, I don't want to be wrong when I say that. And I think that'd be fair to, you know what, Titans, you don't get to play in your home. You, 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 you blew it. You, you're, and this is your punishment. You lose the home game, you lose draft picks, you're fine, hefty money. And you know what? The people who were at that pra- those practices and they have evidence of to show that they were practicing off-site, done for the season. You're out. You knew what the rules were. You knew what was going on. And you still did this, endangering the entire season because of your selfishness. And it's funny because one of the Titans felt like it was like, like, they, like they were standing up for themselves. Roger Saffold, who's an offensive lineman for them, he says uh, on Twitter, quote, guys just don't work out for fun. This is for their livelihood, their family, their opportunity. Say what you want. I'm standing up for my team always. This isn't about standing up for your team, bro. This is about doing what's right. Your team's your team put other people at risk. You want to stand up for that? No, get the heck out of here. Sorry, Roger Saffold. Also, he spelled livelihood uh, in two words: lively and then hood, like L I V E L Y space H O O D. That's really supposed to be one word, as in livelihood with an I. And you know, when you say livelihood, that's like a livelihood. Like I'm skipping through you know, Compton, and it's lively, and yay, and get out of here. So anyway, he doesn't know his English, nor does he know what he's talking about on Twitter. The the Titans, someone should throw a book at these guys. They deserve it. Um, That's my take on it. And Ben Roethlisberger's right. They're getting short end of the stick. The NFL should not punish the Steelers now. Uh, you know, before I was willing to be patient about it because I wasn't sure if it was the if it was the Titans in the wrong or or if it was a mistake or if it was one player. No, this is a team problem, and the team should be punished, and the Steelers should not be. Uh, the NFL better get this right. We'll keep you updated with this story as it progresses um, with the with the NFL schedule. Who knows? Things have been changing day to day. We may have a whole new update for you tomorrow. But before we go anywhere, we got to talk to you about our great sponsor rockauto.com chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login best of all Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. And now for our other great speech sponsor, Visa. 
Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us in our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses. And for the and look for the contactless symbol to tap and pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community, because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be an official partner of the NFL. And without further ado, let's get into Crossover Thursday. All right, everybody, it's Crossover Thursday time. I'm Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined by Louis DiBiase of the Locked On Eagles podcast. It's the Battle of Pennsylvania. This only happens once every four years, Louis. <laughs> Louis, how you doing, my man? What's up, Chris? Good to finally talk to you for the first time. And, yeah, that's the thing. It kind of sucks these two teams are in separate conferences. Um, too bad the NFL is not based on locations for divisions because it would be awesome if the Eagles and Steelers played twice a year. Instead, we do this once every four. Uh, and these two teams have gone through a lot since the last time they played each other. Carson Wentz was a rookie. The yep. Eagles have not won a Super Bowl since. And, uh, mm-hmm. But it's always fun to see these two teams in Pennsylvania battle it out. And it's a big one for both squads on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to previewing this matchup with you today. Absolutely. There's a lot to talk about here. Let's talk about this, the Eagles offense versus the Steelers Mm -hmm. defense. Now the Eagles are a mash unit and you talk about that in the first part of your show. Um, Wanted to give, wanted you to give Steelers fans insight into just how bad it is because Steelers fans for years, they've, you know, Ben Roethlisberger missed all the last year. It's been, you know, they, you know, there wasn't a single playoff loss they had where a superstar wasn't missing over the years. But this is like the entire offensive line and the receiving core are just decimated right now. Dude, I'm telling you one day there's going to be a documentary on the Eagles injuries because since they won the Super Bowl, it's gotten worse and worse and you can't put your finger on there's no trend, right? Like sometimes with these consistent problems year after year, you eventually find the issue and you correct it, right? There's adjustments you can make. And with the Eagles, it's just anybody. Jalen Rager, brand new rookie, hasn't had an injury history, deals with a serious injury. They had this uh, safety they signed in free agency, Will Parks. No injury history, young, gets hurt. Older, younger, injury history or not, it seems like if you are a member of the Philadelphia Eagles since 2016 during this Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz era, you get injured, and I can't put my finger on why they even got a brand new medical staff this year, and it gets worse and worse every single season. Last, uh, at the end of last year when they made the playoffs, I thought to myself, it can't get any worse, right? They're playing with a practice squad offense. Right. And that was down the stretch where, okay, you can get through a couple games there with those injuries. This year, they've been decimated to that degree, and it's only week five now. And so for Steelers fans um, – you guys haven't had to – look, all teams deal with injuries, but I envy every team right now because the Eagles are just decimated at the most important positions for Carson Wentz. Like you said, on offense, uh, the offensive line right now, they're down to their third-string left tackle, yeah. uh, their third-string guards. Um, the only starter on Sunday night before the season that was set to be a starter was Jason Kelsey at center, and even Jason Kelsey showed up on the injury report today, Chris. So uh, they're banged up up front. At wide receiver, they're down to practice squad level players like Deontay Burnett and Travis Fulgham and Greg Ward. Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are practicing this week, but their status is up in the air uh, for Sunday against Pittsburgh. So outside of Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, and Zach Ertz, 
uh, everything is just moving pieces. And that's really just the way life has been in Philadelphia for the past, I would say, four years now, man. So we'll, we'll see what happens against Pittsburgh. But right now, I couldn't guarantee you what the lineup is going to look like. And that's just, that's, again, the way the Eagles, uh, that's the way it happens for them now. Certainly. I mean, it just seems like, you know, when I see, when I look at the, the depth chart and I see that, you know, Jeffrey hasn't played yet. I've been holding him on a fantasy team this whole time, man, waiting yeah. for him to pop up. Yeah. Uh, but Deshaun Jackson's questionable, you know, Nate Herbig, you know, Kelsey being questionable. Again, Kelsey, mm-hmm. you're one guy that you're, that you're like, okay, you're the centerpiece. You can't lose him. The only one. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's insane to see both Andre Dillard and Jason Peters and Isaac Siomalo on yep. injured reserve. It's just, I mean, when people say a mass unit, that that's the definition, right? Well, there. and Chris, don't forget too, Brandon Brooks, who I thought yeah. was the best offensive lineman in football, tore his Achilles in June, so they were already coming in shorthanded. And Lane Johnson is going to play on Sunday at right tackle, but he had surgery on his ankle in August, yeah. right before the season started, and that is a lingering injury that Doug Peterson even said earlier this week he's going to have to play through probably all season long, and he's still playing at a very high level. But even on Sunday against San Fran, he kept coming in and out of the lineup. So you had a fourth round rookie in Jack Driscoll uh, play at right tackle. So it's just, it's really uh, moving pieces everywhere. And I'm nervous, man, because you guys, the front four of Pittsburgh, it look, you can get by against San Fran when they don't have Bosa. Uh, DeForest Buckner is gone. D Ford's not going up against Jordan Maialata. So it's guys like Ziggy Ansah. But this Sunday against Pittsburgh, it's going to be a real, real test to see if they can hold up and protect Carson Wentz. Because if you can't, you saw week one what happens when somebody consistently gets to Carson. Washington's front four got there all the time. They sacked him eight times in that football game, yeah. and it killed the birds. So Pittsburgh, I'm nervous about that matchup specifically, is the Eagles' offensive line against Pittsburgh's D-line. It, it's, a, it's a really tough group. It's arguably the best part yeah. um, of, the, of the Steelers' team. I mean, I, I said before the season that this was going to be the best front four in the NFL, mm-hmm. and – through three games, T.J. Watt has three and a half sacks. Bud Dupree has two and a half sacks. Uh, Stephon Tewitt's got two sacks. Cam Hayward has half a sack. And here's the thing is that, like, their front four is so dangerous because off of one edge, T.J. Watt is unstoppable at times. Right. He's, been, he's been living up to the Watt name and everything. But Bud Dupree has really come into his own the last two years. Yep. You know, for a while he tried to be more of a defensive end type of rusher. Now he's combined his strength with his explosiveness off the ball, using space, but also using his raw power. Um, and on the inside, Tuit and Hayward, when, but when, they're, when either one of them is on, it's scary. If they can both be on fire at the same time, I don't know what you do as an offensive line to prepare for mm-hmm. it because I've seen Stephon Tuit collapse entire offensive lines uh, but the issue is that they haven't been healthy at the same time. Cam Hayward, I mean, he had double-digit sacks not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that when you could put th- those two next to each other, they're already a problem. You put all four of them next to each other, yep. that they cause a lot of issues. They force, you know, uh, running backs to come help in the game. And the Steelers still, even with that front four, they're not afraid to blitz. Mike Hilton, the slot cornerback, has two sacks on the season. Inside linebackers, Vince Williams, who loves to rush the passer and loves getting matched up with running backs because he bullies running backs. And the Steelers running backs right. know that in practice every year when they do their backs-on-backers drill. Vince Williams eats running backs alive. This team loves to get after the quarterback. And I can tell you right now, a lot of people in Pittsburgh are licking their chops at the idea of them going after Carson Wentz this week. Yeah, look, Pittsburgh, I mean, you saw it. I mean, last year, it's why they you guys almost made the playoffs with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, bad quarterback plays, Bruh. because of just how good that defense is. And so I think the key for the Eagles is 
kind of what they did last week against San Fran, move Carson Wentz outside of the pocket on play action rollouts on RPOs, use a lot of read option, get the ball out of his hands really quickly, but not just get the ball out of his hands quickly for Carson. I do want to see him though, continue to be that run threat that he's been against Cincinnati two weeks ago and against San Fran last week. He has over 100 rushing yards combined in those two games, uh, has two rushing touchdowns. Um, his EPA when it comes to scrambling is atop the league right now. And that's he's got to make up for not only just this bad matchup, the uh, front four uh, going up against that Pittsburgh front four, he's got to make up for that by getting away from them quickly. But also he's got to make up for – Again, he just doesn't have weapons that are going to consistently get open in two, three seconds, and you can't hold on to the football inside of the pocket against this Pittsburgh front for four, five, six seconds. You got to get out of there. And so for Wentz to kind of replace some of that production through the air, he's going to have to use his legs like he has. And so that's a key for Carson is get out of the pocket. You can hold on to the football to try to make bigger plays, but if you're going to do that, make sure you get outside and do what you do as a scrambler because right now, that's the only way really the Eagles have a chance at, you know, creating big plays. And that's uh, something I really liked from Carson all year so far. He's been very inefficient. He struggled in a lot of ways, but one thing that he's done the past two weeks to bounce back is use those legs. And it's always nice to have a dual threat quarterback. It just adds an element that uh, can make up for things when everything else on the offense really isn't going right. I wanted to get your opinion on, What's up with Zach Ertz? Because he only had, what, four catches for like nine yards or something like that last week. Uh, when Especially with all the other receivers being hurt, I thought that would be the source where if the Eagles won that game, which they did, he mm-hmm. would have been a hero. And it turns out he, he wasn't even a factor in, in, in the win um, as far as receiving-wise. Uh, right. What's going on there, and, and do you think that's going to change very soon? Yeah, Chris, look, Zach Ertz – Everybody knows that before the season, he wanted to get a contract done. He wanted a a big Travis Kelsey-like extension, George Kittle. And with the Eagles, look, they have Dallas Goddard in-house. He's 24 years old. He's getting better and better every year. The first two weeks of this season, he looked incredible. He's got the traits of a Kelsey, of a Kittle. The -hmm. Eagles have no salary cap wiggle room in the next couple years. And so as much as they love Zach Ertz, they weren't really willing to budge. And Ertz was frustrated. And he's not really making the case this year so far as to why the Eagles should reconsider their stance on his contract talks uh, down the road. And it is disappointing because normally the last couple of years when everything else uh, is falling apart around Carson Wentz, his one safety blanket he's always had since his rookie year has been number 86 and it's been Zach Ertz. And this year, I don't know if it's just because he's facing bracket uh, coverage and he's he's looking at double teams every single week, but he has that's been the case in the past too. And uh, he's played way better than this. So look, I don't think it's going to be a consistent trend throughout the season, but you're right. Zach Ertz has not done enough this season to make up for the loss of Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey and Jalen Rager and Dallas Goddard. And so he really needs to pick it up, uh, especially against Pittsburgh this week. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things, the distraction of the contract talks, facing double teams every single week. Wentz just looking in other directions. And I think it's just bad play right now, but he's, they, they need Zach Ertz moving forward. Even if it's not, you know, down the road, long-term in 2020, Zach Ertz has got to be better than he's been. I think that's a, I think that's a fair assessment right there. Steelers defensive wise, as far as in coverage, they're still figuring some things out, but Devin Bush uh, continues to improve week to week. He's only I'm jealous of your guys' linebackers, man. The Eagles yeah. would kill for a Devin Bush right now. <laughs> 
I'm telling you. And, and here's the thing. Don't sleep on Vince Williams. He rushes the passer and he takes yep. on the run very well. I think he uh, – uh, well, going into last week before they were given their unofficial bye week, he was leading the league in tackles for loss. Um, he's, he's a huge run stuffer, and he's smart in coverage. He's not quick. He's not going to blanket anybody. But he's a guy who can drop into a zone and fool somebody. He was the, the first stealer to intercept Tom Brady over a span of 10 years, uh, a, a few years ago, <laughs> which is crazy. Uh, but that's who Vince Williams is. He's, he's going to be smart. And lurking behind them, the secondary, they're not known for it yet. But Joe Hayden's still playing at a very solid level. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's targeted, there's very, there's very, there's only been like one or two plays where he's given up, uh, you know, anything significant. Uh, Steven Nelson, he was on fire last year. He hasn't been on fire yet. We'll see if he can, if he bounces back. But Terrell Edmonds has played well, flowing from sideline to sideline. He's going to be a guy that matches up with Zach Ertz because of his size. He's also good at covering running backs. And Minka Fitzpatrick, he hasn't made his presence felt yet this year, but. Uh, you know, I can see that this is this secondary. They're getting more and more comfortable because this year the Steelers are blitzing even more than before. They are just going after people and they're letting their their their, their secondary kind of stay on islands. And I think that that's where the chemistry is still coming into place and figuring out, okay, this is how we depend on each other in these situations. It's getting there. I'm interested to see how the Eagles receivers and tight ends, whoever they will be for this game, match up with with the, with with the Steelers secondary. Yeah, Chris, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's a daunting matchup for the Eagles offense. There's not a single matchup that they have the upper hand in. I mean, let's just be real. It's called spade a spade. Pittsburgh defense is a top-tier unit, and if the Eagles want to get a win here, they're going to have to be opportunistic. They're going to have to make the plays when they get those limited looks. They will. Uh, They'll get. I mean, that was the case last week with San Fran. They had to fight for every single yard, and they just got that one good one-on-one look down the left sideline to Travis Fulgham. Wentz hits him on the money for that 42-yard touchdown, and the Eagles win the game. That's the same thing here with Pittsburgh. They're going to have to fight and claw for all sorts of – or I should say any sort of offensive production. And this is one of those games where you just need your franchise quarterback, your $100 million man, to elevate the team. And although it's unfair to keep asking him to pull a rabbit out of the hat every single week, honestly, man, he's got to do that again this Sunday against Pittsburgh if the Eagles want to have a chance at, um, you know, matching Big Ben and their offensive production. I agree with that assessment, though. Shout out to uh, Woodland Hills product from here in the Pittsburgh area, Miles Sanders. A lot of people rooting for him in the area. We're going to toss it to a quick break, but before we do, we got to talk about our great sponsor, BuiltGo. BuiltGo makes you the best you at whatever you do. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, you can break through it with Go every day. It's, an, it's easy to take in just one and a half ounce packages. You can put the package in your briefcase for your most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to help you power through the back nine, or just put it in your pocket to help you get through the day or through your workout. BuiltGo is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling in the end. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink, but with a third of the caffeine and better results. And it comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. BuiltGo combines energy gel with protein, and that protein is fast-absorbing to get into your system fast. Plus, it's easier on the stomach. BuiltGo is loaded with good stuff to ignite my workout. Beta-alanine, B3, honey, and just a little kick of caffeine. And BuiltGo then keeps kicks in to keep me going strong. It's got B6 and B12. And BuiltGo helps, helps you get healthier joints, soft tissue, hair, and skin. This stuff literally makes you look better. 
Visit BuiltGo.com and use their code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, LOCKED, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. We'll be back right after this. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back into Crossover Thursday right here on Locked On Eagles and Locked On Steelers. Louis DiBiase here, the host of Locked On Eagles alongside Christopher Carter. All right, Chris, we got into the Eagles offense against the Steelers defense, that matchup on Sunday. The Steelers have every advantage, really, uh, with that matchup. If the Eagles want to win this football game, man, I think you look at their defense and one key that they've been able to – lean on over the last couple of weeks to stay in these football games is, I mean, we talked about how good the Pittsburgh pass rush has been. The Eagles front four has been dominating over the last three weeks. They lead the league in sacks right now with 17 and they're getting pressure everywhere on the edge with Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett up front, Fletcher Cox in the middle, uh, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson. These are two of the best defensive lines in the league that are going to be, you know, on the field together. And so I think that's a key man for the Eagles, at least, is they got to get after Big Ben, uh, Ben Roethlisberger with that front four, because if Roethlisberger has time in the pocket, I am so nervous about the Eagles linebackers. They've been such a liability this season. And so the reason last week and the second half of the Cincy game, they were able to kind of hide that inefficiency on defense is because the front four is just getting there in time. And it's buying Darius Slade time to be aggressive. Rodney McLeod, you finally saw turnovers last week. And so uh, that's the key against your guys' offenses. This defensive line has to come through once again. It's going to be interesting to see how this matchup goes because the Steelers' offensive line, they were a bit of a match unit to start the season. Uh, Marquise Pouncey was there, but David DeCastro, the five-time Pro Bowler and all and first-time All-Pro guard, he was out for the first two games. They were down to their third-string guard, a fourth-round draft pick rookie, Kevin Dotson, who filled in actually very nicely. And at right tackle, they lost their starter in the first game of the season. Um, a lot of people were questioning what was going on, but now they've seemed to find some answers. Chakuma Korfor, a third-round pick from two years ago, um, he stepped in and he's played really well at right tackle. Uh, David DeCastro's back. He played well last week. The Steelers have managed to have a 100-yard th- rusher in all three of their first game, first three games here. Yep. Um, and a core four, I got to say, I'm interested to see how he plays this game because uh, against the Texans, he lined up against J.J. Watt for the majority of the game. In 90, at the time, it was, I think he's at 99 games now, but at the time with 98 games that J.J. Watt had played in his past, like, what, 12 seasons, going back yep. to his second year in the league, only ninety, only three of those ninety-eight games that he had played had he not had a tackle for loss or a quarterback hit, and Chakuma Korfor shut him out and made it for the fourth time. He's looking tough. This is going to be, a, a, I think, a really good in the trench battle yeah. right here. Steelers fans know about Javon Hargrave. That that guy. There's a lot of love for that guy. I was going to say, you guys know him very well. He was the Eagles' big fish free agent, and yeah, he was dealing with injuries, Chris, uh, to start the season, and so. The first couple weeks of the season, people started to criticize that move. Like, do they spend all this money on just this plotting defensive tackle? No way. 
He's been healthy the last two weeks, and he's getting to the quarterback consistently. He's tough. He keeps low leverage. He all uses yeah. his hands really efficiently. I've always loved the way he works. Got to ask this question, not necessarily a football question, but, mm. okay, in Pittsburgh, Javon Hargrave was known as Jay Wobble and the Gravedigger. Have <laughs> either of those names passed on, or does he have a no, new nickname? I didn't know that. That's awesome. I got to start using those nicknames. We haven't had one for him yet. Okay. But uh, maybe it's just because he was hurt and wasn't making an impact enough early on in the season. But those two nicknames, Eagles fans listening, we got to get those to stick. But the <laughs> Eagles need more nicknames, and that's that's a great one. He's Let me tell you, though, I mean, again, uh, the, the numbers haven't showed up for him. Uh, sometimes that just happens with defensive tackles, yeah. right? It's just hard for those guys to rack up, you know, 15 sacks a season and crazy numbers. But his presence has been known the last two weeks. And there's been times where quarterbacks got to flush outside of the pocket because of Hargrave, Cox, uh, Malik Jackson as well. They have a, yes. a luxury inside of pass rushing defensive tackles. And it's why guys like Josh Sweat have been able to have three sacks in four games. Brandon Graham is three sacks. Derek Barnett, two and a half the last two weeks. So Hargrave, Jackson, Cox, they got to get to Big Ben, force him outside, and let those defensive ends go to work. Uh, that's the key matchup, I think, Chris, uh, because, again, the Eagles linebackers, I'm nervous about that matchup. And at corner, they finally have a true CB1 in Darius Slay, but outside of him, talk about injuries, they once again are down to bare bones at cornerback. They had to move Jalen Mills last week back to outside corner, Stop. and they originally uh, this year, Chris, had moved him to safety mm -hmm. to replace Malcolm Jenkins, and yep. so they lost Devontae Maddox. Uh, Nikel Roby Coleman got banged up. They cut Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones. Will Parks was hurt at safety, a guy that could play corner too. And so they're, they're down to bare bones at that position too. So the key is this defensive line, much like Carson Wentz on the other side, this defensive line for the Eagles needs to cover up the issues on the second and third level or else they're going to lose this football game. And I, I think it's a really interesting strategy here because the Steelers – I think they have a real chance to target down the middle of the field. Darius Slay yeah. is still a very bad man. Whoever he let matches up with, it's going to be a tough day. Agreed. But the Steelers have an assortment of weapons for Ben Roethlisberger to throw to right now that they're still figuring out who they like the most. Everyone knows Juju Smith-Schuster. He leads the team with three touchdowns. But Deontay Johnson, who's coming back off of concussion protocol, he led the team in targets before he got hurt. He mm -hmm. is dangerous with his routes. He could, What's he, it with he, you guys and receivers? You guys develop – I mean – I would kill for whoever it is, the Eagles need to pay that man money because you guys have an incredible history of developing receivers over the last, I mean, 20 years. I mean, they, they haven't spent a first-round pick on a, on a receiver. And, and they all work it, out anyway. I mean, it's they, incredible. And they, and they all work out. Um, <laughs> Chase, yeah, Chase Claypool uh, is the newest one. Honestly, the hype on Chase Claypool is real. In practices, he's giving people problems. He's getting behind defenses. Uh, last last week he helped close the game, or not last week, two weeks ago he helped close yep. the game out. Um, you know, on a last minute pass where Ben Roethlisberger just said, "Hey, it's third and nine, go get this," and he caught it at the at the you know at one yard and just trucked through two guys. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a matchup problem. Also, Eric Ebron at tight end, he didn't start off early with the Steelers working out, but then that third game they really started to feed him the ball. Him and Ben Roethlisberger for years were talking to each other kind of like in a Cold War fashion, like, hey, I'd love to play with you. Hey, I'd love to play with you too. And I remember covering the Steelers against the Lions in 2017, and they were hugging each other at midfield. And we were all looking at each other like, that's weird. Where'd that come from? And sure enough, Ebron, when he gets signed with the Steelers, he's like, it's been my dream to play with Ben Roethlisberger for years. And uh, against, I think it was against the Broncos, uh, or they know it was the Texans, he caught his first touchdown pass. And uh, it, was, it was a beautiful one. 
And he's uh, – I think that's where the Steelers, with the injuries that the Eagles have and the challenges they're having over the middle of the field, if the Steelers can get Slay lined up with someone out on the outside, Juju yep. lines up in the slot a lot, Johnson lines up in the slot a lot, and you got Ebron and Vance McDonald still an athletic tight end, uh, you know, and they're tight end too. They can attack that middle of the field, and I think that's where the questions will be. And, again, that's where the, the, the pass rush has to get home because mm-hmm. – when you target the middle of the field, usually that's a quicker release type of a passing play that sure. you're talking about there. That's where the Coxes, the Hargroves, the Jacksons, if they can disrupt the pocket and make Ben Roethlisberger move off his launch point, that's how you disrupt that. For sure. But, I, you know, just on paper, it looks like that's a really rough matchup in the secondary for the, for the Eagles. Yeah, that's the problem is this year, three of the four games for the Birds, they have not been able to cover the tight end. And it wasn't just obviously George Kittle last week. He's going to get his no matter what. Um, But it was also Higby for the Rams week two, destroyed this linebacking core. And that's the problem is, again, the Eagle, and not even just them, Chris, but week one, Logan Thomas, a former quarterback that has switched positions, dominated the Eagles in the red zone and uh, was key in that second half comeback for Washington. And so that's the problem is it's really anybody at tight end right now is hurting this football team because the guys that were supposed to stop the tight ends, Malcolm Jenkins is gone now. Uh, Will Parks was supposed to be that guy, right? That Romer, uh, that Swiss Army knife across the formation. He's been injured all year. They haven't used Kayvon Wallace, their rookie out of Clemson at safety outside of last week. And so, and Jalen Mills has had to go play corner. And Rodney McLeod is your single high safety. So, Guys like Marcus Epps, a fifth-string safety, uh, Duke Riley, Nate Geary, who I think is the worst linebacker in football, those are the guys that have to cover tight ends right now. And so Ebron has a very favorable matchup. And, yeah, again, I think Pittsburgh has not to be a, a downer for Eagles fans. It was a big win last week. They're in first, even at 1-2-1. Yeah. and one. But I got to be honest, with the matchup, this is a really tough one for the Eagles outside of Carson Wentz and their defensive line. They really should not be favored in any other uh, key matchup of this football game. So those two, that, that unit of the defensive line and number 11, Carson Wentz, they've just got to be better than the rest of Pittsburgh. They've got to elevate this football team. You got to win because of those two key areas um, or else they're going to probably be one, three and one. I think it's a tall task for the Eagles, just a lot of different points. And it stinks because the Eagles have such such a lot of potential on their roster yep. if they were all healthy. And I was looking forward to – listen, I went to for, to Cheney University for, for undergrad, which is a small HBCU, actually the first HBCU, and it's like right outside of Philly. So yep. I went – I've dealt with Philly fans for four years. <laughs> and I used to – my favorite day, if I wasn't watching the Steelers, my favorite thing to do was to find whatever residence hall was had the, had the game on. But Eagles-Cowboys, every time they played, it was just utter war because the Cowboys fans would show up, the Eagles fans would show up, and I would just grab some popcorn and just be like, okay, this is great. And that's why I'm so upset that both of these teams aren't doing well right now because I, I want to see that matchup and be it to be great. But, but no- Chris, the good thing is, is that both teams right now, the Eagles are only a half a game up. So <laughs> like last year, neither team was good, but it still came down to a week 16 matchup. Basically the winner takes the NFC East. So I guess that's the good thing is, when the Eagles and Cowboys do play, uh, the matchup will be important. And that's just crazy that the Eagles are at one, two, and one. They are alive and in sole possession of first place. But you're right. Um, it stinks because I really liked what this team had on paper heading into the season. I picked them to be the three seed in the NFC. I thought they got faster and younger and better on both sides of the football. 
And just for the third year in a row now, we just don't know what this team can be at full strength because they're not even close to being there. And so that doesn't, that doesn't excuse Carson Wentz and his play this year, Doug Peterson's play calling, Howie Roseman's drafting and his free agent moves. But at the same time, it's really hard to fully evaluate what this team is right. if they're a contender or a pretender. Because again, you're playing with guys. I mean, all of Twitter on Sunday is like, who is Travis Fulgham? And we're like, Welcome to the Eagles world, man. We're dealing with these no-name misfits every single week, and you guys are just joining the party. I agree. Man, that's a lot to deal with. But, hey, yeah. we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what happens. Hopefully some more guys can get healthy by mm -hmm. Sunday with these practice reports. Louis, this is a lot of fun, man. Yeah, man. I'm glad we got to do this. Please let, uh, let, let, let the listeners know so that our people can follow you as well. Give, give them a follow, but let them know where they can follow you and find more of your work. Yes, sir. Let me get my shameless plugs in here. You can follow me on Twitter at DiBiase, L-O-E. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Eagles podcast on any platform. And I also post every episode on LockdownEagles.com. And so it was super fun. And I can't wait for this matchup, the Battle of Pennsylvania on Sunday. Same here. Uh, my name is Chris Carter for Locked On Steelers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Don't be afraid to hit me up anytime. I'm always down to chat on you know, on your on Twitter or in the DMs. Just anyone. I'm always, I understand if you want to keep privacy, but uh, I'm, I'm also the Pit, the University of Pittsburgh's beat writer for DKPittsburghSports.com as well as their NFL analysts. I cover college football and pro football for them. Uh, so all all that coverage you can find at DKPittsburghSports.com if you're a, a Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt. Uh, we also cover Penn State and Duquesne now. So if you're anywhere with, the, with, that, with that, join us there. You can check our, our website there. And also, of course, the Locked On Steelers podcast. Hey, Steelers fans, Eagles fans, let's help each other out. Let's give each other some five-star reviews on, on, on these shows. Heck when yeah. you do that, it helps both of us get up the rankings and get us more notice. So thanks to all those who have done that. But do that. Leave some positive comments on the shows. Would really appreciate it from you. Uh, but from Chris Carter and Louis DiBiase, thanks so much for listening to Crossover Thursday. We'll be both in your back in your ears for Friday's episode. Hey, Steelers fans, before I go anywhere, as always, I usually tell you guys, hey, if you leave a five-star review and a positive comment on Apple Podcasts, you'll get a shout-out at the end of the show. And I appreciate those who do, and you will get a shout-out at the end of the show for those who leave it. Thank you for those who have. But today we're giving a special shout-out to, to, to Rome. Happy belated birthday birthday to you Rome I know that you're a big fan of the show your old man Cody Cody was was posting about you in the Facebook group thanks to those for both of you for being a fan of the show it's people like you that make this show work thanks for all your support and hey everybody gives Rome some love in the Facebook group uh hit up Cody they're celebrating the birthday congratulations to both you guys thanks for listening hope you listen tomorrow as well y'all enjoy y'all special day peace if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.